Welcome, everyone, to episode 10 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. In this episode, we are joining Jenny Rivera, our Senior Director of Human Resources, Sophia Del Bianco, our Sales and Service Supervisor at Avalon Castle Rock in Colorado, and a very special guest, Cindy Persico, the Regional Vice President for EAP and Work-Life Services for Health Advocate as they explore the hidden effects of anxiety. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 10 of the Speak Up Podcast by Avalon Bay. This is Jenny Rivera, and today I'm hosting with Sophia Del Bianco, a regional lead for our Women's Leadership Network in Denver, Colorado. And today we are talking about the hidden effects of anxiety, and we are thrilled to welcome Cindy Persico as our special guest. Cindy is the Regional Vice President for EAP and Work-Life Services for Health Advocate. She has a Master's of Science in Counseling, is a licensed mental health counselor, and a certified employee assistance professional. Welcome to our podcast, Cindy. Thank you, Jenny and Sophia. I'm thrilled to be here with you guys and look forward to our talk today. So do we. And before we jump into the meat of our topic today, we want to take a minute just to get to know you a little bit better. So, Cindy, what are some of the ways that you manage stress and anxiety in your personal life? That is such a great question. I'm still a work in progress like everybody else, even though I'm a professional in this uh, health and well-being arena. But I do a lot of yoga, which I really enjoy. And I take a lot of walks. I enjoy being out in nature and hiking whenever I can. I'm also on a dragon boat team, which is a lot of fun. We race around the southeastern United States. And I'm also a graduate of mermaid camp. And I try to find fun, adventurous things to do to relax and just keep my spark in life. I love that. Cindy, what is a dragon boat? Oh, a dragon boat is a 40-foot boat with 20 paddlers. So there's 10 rows of two paddlers in each row, and we're paddling in sync. And so it's just a great experience for camaraderie, for exercise, kind of zen moments being on the water together. And there's a lot of strategy in it as well. You you can't just go all out as fast as possible. You have to kind of pace yourself, which I find is a good metaphor for balancing work and family life. That is so amazing. I really, really like that. Um, I should go take a look into that. Cause that sounds, it's a little unique. It's different. Not many people, you know, do it. So that's, that's great. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's so much fun and great workout too. Cindy, there is, there is so much going on in the world right now. And we're just wondering if you can tell us about, you know, some of the common sources of anxiety today. What are you seeing out there? Yes, you're right. Definitely the last 16 months or so, we have really been through some unprecedented times and we've seen an uptick in people reporting anxiety, depression, domestic violence, substance abuse, people having very high expectations for their own coping abilities. And, um, you know, people reeling, I think, from the isolation and loneliness and being quarantined. And what we're really seeing quite a bit of now is, um, you know, the delayed effects of that. You know, a lot of us are really good at muscling through women, particularly, you know, hunkering down, doing what we have to do, kind of being on autopilot. And then what we're seeing is some of the that pent up demand for counseling and coaching and, and support, because now we feel safe enough to take a breath 
and we really realize what we just went through. So those are some of the things we're seeing quite a bit. It also feels like we're on the verge of entering a whole new group of changes that we need to cope with. So if it wasn't just last year in 2020, now we're re-entering and there's just, it's almost like there's this big change ahead of everyone. So we're, we're so excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, I think that's one of the best things we can do, actually, Jenny, is normalize, you know, that, hey, you know, we're not alone in feeling some moments of excitement, maybe about some new changes, going back to work buildings and places and seeing coworkers in person, even the commute. Some people have been excited about, wow, some me time, you know, I've had a lot of time with my family and maybe I'm going to enjoy some music or a podcast or returning a few calls or whatever I'm going to do on my way in and, and back but just enjoying some of that time. So there are people that are experiencing that while later, sometimes in the same day, in the same hour, also experiencing um, anxiety, worry, fear. What's it going to be like? I'm going to miss some of the things about working remotely. So a lot of those different emotions, as you said, as we navigate a new change, a lot of us got real comfortable in our bubble. You know, Mm -hmm. it was strange at first. And then We got real comfortable, you know, taking our dog for 10 walks a day and, you know, working in our pajamas, whatever else we were getting to do from home. So it's a shift that many people are are, um, working their way through. So when it comes to common triggers for anxiety, be it, you know, I've been trying not to watch the news because that is a definitely trigger for me. And I was just wondering, what what are you seeing that's really triggering people? That's such a smart thing to do, Jenny, to limit your consumption of news. We live in this 24-hour news cycle and social media. There's just a bombardment of information overload, you know, and usually it's the same snippets of information dissected different ways or the same clip we see over and over again that can be really upsetting. And um, so, yeah, the experts do recommend limit yourself to about 30 minutes a day for exactly that reason, it can be triggering and anxiety producing. And if that seems like too big of a a downward um, reduction from where you are now, maybe just try reducing a little bit of how much you're, you're taking in. And other triggers can be other people's anxiety playing out, right? So who we spend time with, if we're, we're spending a lot of time with people that tend to be very negative, looking at the, the, the worst side of everything that can be triggering our own expectations can be triggering. A lot of times we have super high expectations. The bar is really high. Comparing ourselves to other people can be very triggering. There's a saying, compare and despair. You know, we never know exactly what's going on with somebody else. And so they may look all put together on the outside perfectly. They may be going home every day, very likely having the same challenges and insecurities that we are. So those are a few common ones. I know that for me, invitations have been triggering lately where I'm starting to get invited to more social outings and things with friends and family. And every time I get invited now, I have this trigger of, do I want to say yes? Am I comfortable? Is Are people vaccinated? I All these questions go through my mind. Does that matter? I So all of that's going through my mind and I've I've noticed that's a trigger for me. Absolutely. It's a trigger for many people. Yeah. Trying to navigate this new normal. You know, we all thought we would be so happy to be free again that 
we just couldn't wait to jump on planes and go to concerts and gatherings. And, you know, certainly we're enjoying putting our toe in the water on some of those things for most people. But you're absolutely right, Jenny. Um, it does produce all of those thought processes. You know, how do I keep myself safe and healthy? And for people, especially who are more introverted, they really had a different experience in quarantine than those of us who were not. And so they can have an extra amount of anxiety about getting ready to venture back out into the world. You know, it's not quite the world we knew pre-COVID, you know, and yet we haven't quite figured out what it's going to look like as we move through it. So, you know, it's kind of like letting go of one trapeze and we don't quite have the other yet, you know, and that feeling of of being suspended in both worlds is, is quite common. Hi, everyone. This is Amanda Johnson, Benefit Specialist at Avalon Bay. When you or a loved one is facing a challenging healthcare issue, it's important to know that Health Advocate is available to help navigate a wide range of questions or concerns related to health and well-being. From managing stress and finding childcare to resolving billing issues and coordinating second opinions, Health Advocate works on your behalf so you can remain focused on what matters the most. Health Advocate is dedicated to supporting Avalon Bay Associates by making healthcare easier when navigating complex issues. Health Advocate's compassionate expert support is available to all Avalon Bay Associates and their dependents at no cost. All associates are eligible to take advantage of this free well-being benefit, even associates who have declined medical coverage or are temporarily employed by Avalon Bay. You can count on Health Advocate to be there for you in your time of need. I think it's so important, like you said, for for everyone listening today to remember that you are not alone and we are all experiencing these things. And, you know, sometimes, especially like you said, women tend to push it down and keep it inside and we're fine. We're keeping the world together. And sometimes it starts to come out in different ways. And especially if we're not, if we don't have healthy ways to cope with it, maybe emotional or maybe even physical, what are some of the signs that someone might experience where it could be anxiety, but they may not realize it's anxiety? Yeah, you're so right. It does tend to come out in different ways. Some of the physical symptoms that people often report would be migraine, headaches, chest pains, stomach aches trouble falling asleep, staying asleep. Now those can all be indicators of other things too. So we always want to make sure we're, you know, we're checking out anything medically that might be going on as well. But often those are some signs that, you know, we are having some anxiety and it's showing up in other ways because we've done exactly what you said, you know, kind of pushed through, really tried to be that super achieving woman who's juggling it all, the kids, the parents, the job, the volunteering, you know, the self-evolving all at the same time. And, um, you know, most of us really have those moments where it catches up to us and we can, we can literally become physically sick from carrying the, the burdens of so much stress and not taking care of ourselves along the way. And Cindy, so I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because there's so many people out there that, you know, they've been living this life for, you know, 30, 40 years, 50, and then all of a sudden they're getting migraines or anxiety attacks or anything like that kind of out of nowhere. And they're just trying to figure out like what happened, you know, why, 
suddenly did this happen? How can anxiety affect a person's well-being long-term if they continue to keep pushing these feelings down and not attending to it? Our bodies are amazing creations and we are hardwired to release certain chemicals to help us fight off perceived threats. If you think back on, you know, to our ancestors that had to, to be concerned about being chased by a bear, for example, you know, you want adrenaline going through your body. You want a dump of cortisol and your heart to pound so that you can outrun that bear, right? Or as the jokes goes, at least outrun your friend who's trying to outrun that bear. So that's meant to be a temporary response, you know, to get us through a crisis. What happens when we have accumulated stress that we don't release or or deal with? It builds up in our body and it becomes toxic. It's not ever intended to be, you know, a long-term state. So I think what you're, you know, making me think about is that kind of reaction that stays in the body over long periods of time and then leads to some of those other challenges we're talking about. Our body always takes direction from our mind. So if, if my mind tells my body that, hey, we're in trouble, it doesn't know the difference between that bear chasing me and my own thoughts chasing me and uh, getting me into a hyper vigilant state. And when we push things away, they tend to come out in other ways. You know, when we don't voice our preferences, we don't ask for help. We keep going. We keep going. One day we have what's unofficially sometimes called the codependent snap. You know, I can't take it anymore. I'm doing the best I can. You know, you see that person just kind of lose it because that has built up over time. So that's what we're trying to give different messages about and and help coach women, particularly how to not get caught up in that cycle and change things earlier in the movie. Exactly. And I, you know, I definitely have experienced that in the past where, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, you know, you push everything to the side. And, you know, one day it's just like, uh, like you can feel yourself having that panic attack. And it's, it's very, very scary. And what kind of tools do you think could help people dealing with anxiety? Yeah, that's such a good point that, you know, it does feel like it's all of a sudden, but it's really like a million little paper cuts, right? That led to that moment where that person just, you know, had that panic attack or became sick or, you know, just couldn't cope well anymore. So tools that can help. It's going to sound really basic and simple, but, you know, deep breathing. It turns out that, you know, that response I was just describing, we can play a big part in sending a signal to our body that everything is okay. And we do that by taking deep breaths because it's impossible to be tense and relaxed at the same time. So, you know, that saying, fake it till you make it, you know, we don't want to overdo that. We want to deal with things and not be ignoring a problem, but I'm talking about day-to-day challenges. If we take a few deep breaths, if we use mantras, what I mean by that is think about our thoughts. You know, what story am I telling myself? If I tell myself just, you know, a, a lot of negative thoughts I can create anxiety in my body. And on the flip side, if I tell myself this too shall pass, I have more tools than I've ever had. I can reach out for help. I made it through this kind of a time before, you know, those kind of things can help lift us up. Counseling and coaching are great tools as our podcast. The more education and information we have, the more in control we feel. And in some situations, medication is necessary. There are people who have, you know, a long pattern 
of anxious thinking and anxiety disorders that actually need professional intervention and support groups can help too. Uh, so those are a few ideas. Yeah. And I, and I really, really like those, those ideas. I do a lot of, you know, meditation and breathing when I do feel like it's coming, but it's, it's definitely hard. And it's hard too, when you're surrounded by people that are negative and, you know, they say negative things all the time and they're also very unhappy. And how are you going to overcome your anxiety when you're surrounded by that? So I definitely feel like that can be um, hard, but what do you think would be the most important message that you would want to share with others about anxiety? I think that anything that we can do to get the message out that it is a treatable condition, right? Just like if I was dragging a broken leg around, you know, somebody would probably tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you may want to get that looked at. Can I, can I help you get somewhere for that? We need to, to start thinking of mental health the same way. We don't always see those obvious symptoms, of course, but being able to reduce the stigma, helping people to not suffer in silence, helping people to know that some of these tools work for some people. And there's other people, as I said, that are going to need professional help. Um, journaling can be helpful. Music can be helpful. You know, there's all kinds of techniques. There's some great apps such as Calm, Headspace, Insight Timer, I breathe, you know, there's a lot we can do to try to help ourselves approach things in a more relaxed way. And we can also, I think, do well and serve others by recognizing that mental health is equal to physical health in terms of getting help when we need it. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm sure that there are so many resources for others, including group therapy, things like that. But I did try that Headspace episode and it has really, really helped me. And I, I really enjoy watching it before I go to bed because I try to, you know, meditate and stretch before I go to sleep. And that has really been amazing. And I currently, you know, listen to, you know, some podcasts that do help with anxiety or, you know, self-esteem issues, things like that. Um, do you recommend any kind of resources that people can learn more about this topic? So particular books or podcasts or, you know, any kind of other resource, t- television show, anything? Yeah, there's a lot more material out there than there ever has been. That's one of the uh, positives that came out of COVID-19, I think, is so much conversation about mental health. That whole campaign of it's okay to not be okay. You know, we've had celebrities and professional athletes and business people and soccer moms, you know, all come forward and speak about depression, anxiety. I think that's going a long way to helping these kind of conversations happen. As far as next steps and getting resources, I really believe that starting with your benefit package that's in place, particularly your employee assistance program or EAP, can be one of the best ways to get free confidential help and resources that are customized for your situation. There's so much out there, but to really zero in on what is the source of your anxiety you know, there, there is a branch of a technique that's called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, which a lot of people with anxiety find very helpful. It's about, you know, reprogramming the thoughts we're feeding our brain, like I was talking about earlier, recognizing those thought patterns, 
So depending on what your situation is, I think speaking with a mental health professional, if you find yourself in a cycle of anxiety, you know, and some of the tips that work for other people just don't seem to have a lasting effect for you, I would definitely consult with your employee assistance program or EAP provider and let them help you co-create a game plan for yourself that could include resources, counseling, coaching, and as I said, possibly a medication recommendation. It's not for everybody. Support groups, reading materials, all of that can be part of a, a good game plan. Yeah, that sounds like a really great resources to use. What kind of support groups are out there for others if they want to go that route? Yeah, again, I think that, you know, having someone help assess what direction might be best for you is always better. If you check with your benefits professional, your human resource leaders, anywhere that you access your benefit information, that's going to get you to that first start for, for the EAP. You can definitely find a lot of things online. You can go to healthadvocate.com, for example. You'll find materials and things out there. And as far as support groups, there's a lot of different ones. You know, again, I think that anxiety is such a broad topic in general. There's moms who are experiencing guilt. There are caregivers who, you know, feel like there's not enough hours in the day for their elder care responsibilities. Exactly. So there's sandwich generation. So, um, and then there's people that have had anxiety as far back as they can remember. And, you know, they are thinking the worst possible scenario all of the time. You know, a lot of us were taught that tool to actually calm ourselves down to say, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? But people who are suffering from anxiety disorder, that becomes a regular thought process for them. And if you can imagine going through your whole day, imagining every single, you know, catastrophic thing that could happen, it's pretty exhausting. And so people that are in that category may need a different kind of support group than people who are going through situational anxiety. So that's why we want to match it up with, you know, what exactly is going on with you? A lot of people have anxiety and they begin to self-medicate. So they develop an addiction issue, alcohol and drug problem. So again, they're going to benefit from a different kind of support than someone who doesn't have that issue. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Sophia. This has been so helpful and we're really hoping that through the information that we were able to provide today, people who maybe didn't realize they were suffering from anxiety, you know, that they might look into some of these tools and resources and realize that we are all in this together. We are all feeling things we haven't felt before and there is help out there and support networks and sometimes even just calling a friend helps. So thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Enjoyed being with you all. Thank you, Jenny and Sophia. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Episode 10 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. We hope this has empowered you to speak up, too. If you would like to share feedback or offer suggestions for future podcasts, you can reach us at our email at speakuppodcast at avalonbay.com. Stay tuned for Episode 11, where the topic will be Uncovering Your Hidden Confidence. All statements expressed on this podcast are those of the participants only and not of Avalon Bay communities. Avalon Bay and the Women's Leadership Network reserve all rights to this podcast and its contents.
This podcast is copyrighted and may not be reused or rebroadcast without permission.